This is the Run Slow Carb Hard Podcast. I am your host, the world's okayest endurance athlete, Brandon Podgorski. And guess what? It's getting hot outside. So take off all your clothes and run. Why am I dressed as the great American crooner, Nelly? Well, it's because we're going to talk about training in the heat. What are the dangers? What are the benefits? And how can you do it safely? And I'm in full Nelly gear. If you're checking us out on Instagram, you can see that. However, he's from St. Louis, but I would never be caught dead in a St. Louis Cardinals jersey. So rocking the Cubs, uh, got my pizza medallion here, got the Paw Patrol Band-Aid on the face, which I'm sure I'm probably going to get in trouble with with my son. But I needed to dress like this because we've got to talk about an important topic today, training in the heat. However, first, let me welcome you to the Run Slow Carb Hard podcast. This is a podcast for the pack, back of the pack runner. If you can't leave the race expo without spending $300, if you only stretch once a year, if you have ever ran in a banana suit, then you are our people. Each episode will feature a topic that will cover training, nutrition, health, or just general running slash endurance sports information. Most of the topics, they actually come to me in the middle of a run, but I want to hear from you. Hit us up on Instagram. It's the only place you can find us, at RunSlowCarbHard, and let us know what you want to hear. Remember, this is our show. This does not have to be just my show. I'm always looking for ideas or just fun people to join me on the show. We can Zoom you in, or if you want to come to the underground bunker here in the great Midwest, I guess we could have you. Um, but back of the Packers, you bring the party to the race, and I want you to bring that same spirit to this podcast. But before we get into anything today, why did I create this podcast? Well, this is a way for me to share my love of endurance sports with stories that only the back of the Packer can understand. More importantly, I am using this podcast as a way to raise money for the Outward Bound Trust. You see, I've got this crazy goal of running all six of the Abbott World Major Marathons. And this October, I am running the London Marathon as a charity runner for the Outward Bound Trust. I've already ran the Chicago, New York, and Berlin Marathons, so I'm halfway home. So if you like what you hear in this podcast, if I put a smile on your face, or even if I don't put a smile on your face and you don't like what I have to say, please consider donating on my Just Giving page and help me support kids to learn valuable self-confidence in leadership skills. The link for the website where you can donate, it's available in the show description. So if you're on Spotify or you're on Apple, just look in the show description. You'll see the link there. And every donation from $1 to $100, it all helps. And if you can't donate, it's okay. You can still help. Just please go to our Instagram page at RunSlowCarbHard and share our post, like our post, comments. The more engagements we get, the more people are going to be able to see our content and hopefully the more will help donate. 100% of the money you donate goes to the Outward Bound Trust and not to me. And apparently we're talking about Instagram. You guys really like my reel from this week. Truth be told, I'm not that great at social media. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't stand Facebook. Um, I'm moderately good at Twitter just because I look I look at news. Instagram, I really don't know what I'm doing. But I posted for what you guys thought was a funny reel from my um, son's third birthday party. Uh, me uh, eating some puppy chow and getting ready to slap somebody who uh, was trying to tell me I'm in training for a marathon and I don't need a cheat day. Um, 
So continue liking that comment, uh, content, share our content, and hopefully we can get some more people to donate I'm about $2,700 from my goal. Uh, so, or actually more about $2,500 away from my goal. So the more that we can get the word out and the more we can raise donations and help kids, the better. Okay, before we get into our topic today, this is a time in the show where I always like to give a shout out to a former race or club or organization. And today, if you're checking me out on Instagram, decked out in full Nelly gear, you can see the hat that I'm wearing. It's from the 2019 Ironman Ohio 70.3. It was a half Ironman. It's the only half Ironman that I've done. I started doing triathlons in about 2012. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not a strong swimmer at all. Um, I'm okay, not extraordinarily strong in the bike. And then, you know, I'm kind of a medium uh, mid of the pack runner. But this, I wanted to really challenge myself. That's my bucket list goals one day to do a full Ironman. So I decided to do a half Ironman with a friend of mine that I work with. And it was in Delaware, Ohio. It was just north of Columbus and was in, I think, mid-July. So if you know anything about the Midwest in July, and this is why I'm wearing this hat today, it gets extremely hot and humid and then other people listening to this episode from the south just you know kind of might shrug their shoulders and be like yeah you don't really know what hot is but in the midwest it, not only is it hot but it's really humid and it makes it hard to train and this race really hot race um, and it was actually uh, pretty windy as well and the reservoir that we swim in um, they had a lot of flooding we had a lot of rain in the month before the race so it was kind of hit and miss if we were even able going to be to be able to do the swim and so we come in uh, that morning and again i'm not a strong swimmer and this is a 1.2 mile swim swim i've swam i swam that length in the pool before but never in open water i don't think i swam more than 500 meters in open water before this um, so we get to the reservoir and it was pretty windy and pretty choppy um, to the point where, where the wake was coming over your head um, it was not wetsuit legal which meant uh, you cannot wear a wetsuit and be eligible for prizes. And it was just barely um, wetsuit eligible or, or wetsuit allowable where they would allow you to wear a wetsuit at all. And that's what I was counting on because I don't think I could have made it 1.2 miles in the swim without a wetsuit. So I was barely got under that temperature where we were even allowed to wear wetsuits. So I was able to uh, get the swim in. But again, just a hot, humid day um, once it got through the swim. And I, I actually was surprised. The swim went okay. But getting on the bike, it was a flat course. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, it was a flat course and it was on highways. So it was pretty fairly open for the most part. There were some parts of it where there were some cars. But for the most part, they had everything cleared off. But the problem with the flat course is you don't really get the benefit of being able to go downhill. Now, you don't have to climb uphill as well, but sometimes just having that you know minute or two where you're able to rest and coast and pick up some speed is actually kind of beneficial to you. So you're on a flat course and the whole time you're just cranking, 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 and there was a pretty strong headwind. And so it just felt like at least for about 35 miles of that 56 mile bike, it was just going straight into a headwind. And then you get done with the bike and it the transition, the second transition, was at Ohio Wesleyan University, um, which was great that they allowed us to use a, the university there. But the transition was on the football field, and it was AstroTurf. And so that heat just gets absorbed into the turf. So you're trying to get ready for the run, and the heat's just kind of beating down on you. Um, and then I get a mile into the run, and I knew, uh-oh, 
I, I'm in trouble. Um, just a really hot day. Uh, my body was just not going to be able to get the half marathon done. Um, but I said, hey, you've trained for nine months. You know, you're here. You've got to finish this thing. So I did a lot of run walking on the on the run, probably a little bit more walking than I did running. Uh, stopped at every rest station, got as much fluids as I can as with Gatorade and water and sponges. I think I even got a little bit of uh, Coke just to get some sugar in me and, and make it to the end. Um, but I did finish. I think I finished second to last to be eligible for time. Uh, but I, I learned a ton. Um, and it was a, it was a hot day. Um, I will say, the people there and, and everybody with Iron Man, they were really friendly. Um, they did a great job explaining the rules. You had to go to a rules meeting beforehand. It was easy to register. Uh, the course was great. Everybody in Delaware, Ohio was was friendly. The whole community was was friendly. It was great to go out and eat the night before with, with my buddy. Um, but it was a really hot day. So if you are not used to training in the heat or you want to make that jump to a half um, marathon, to a, a marathon, a, a half Ironman, full Ironman, whatever it would be, you know, one of the things you need to consider is what are going to be the conditions on race day. So training, the bulk of my training for that half Ironman, again, being here in Northeast Indiana, it was in the, the winter and in the spring is where the most of my miles came from. So I had not trained in 85 degrees, fully sunny with humidity. So that day hit me like a ton of bricks. But the best thing that you can do in those situations, you've got to learn from it and uh, what can you do better next time. And hopefully for my next half, half Ironman, be a lot quicker and, and a whole lot less painful. But shout out to Ironman Ohio. They ran a great event. And I think they're moving up to Sandusky this year. So it's going to be a little bit more north. And I think it's going to be on uh, one of the Great Lakes. I should know which one. But, you know, I, I, I'm a, I was a sport management major, not a uh, geography major. But check it out. It's going to be half um, Ironman Ohio. Great event. Check them out. So I just got done talking about my experience racing in the heat. And today, with temperatures climbing in the upper 90s, here in the Midwest, we are going to talk about training in the heat. Now, listeners, again, I talked about this just a little bit ago, in the South are kind of listening to this and like training in the heat and, and training in the 90s and 100 degree weather. Hey man, for us, that's just a day that ends in Y. But for those of us who live in the Great White North or, or in the East or in the Plains, you know, we're on the struggle bus this week. I've lived in the Midwest for most of my life, um, but for four years I did live in Southwest Georgia so I reluctantly became an expert in hot weather training. And I just want to pass along some of my advice to you in this episode. And, and some of this comes from just, you know, knowledge that I've had as a, as a former strength conditioning coach, knowledge as an endurance athlete, and some knowledge that I've picked up just reading some um, research that's, that's out there and, and readily available to all of us. Um, but, you know, on these days, it's tough because you want to train outdoors but you know hot humid days it is just so much easier to stay indoors however you know a lot of us we have fall races i've told you i've done this i'm doing this podcast because i'm trying to raise funds for the outward bound trust as a charity runner for the london marathon in october so the the summer is when i have to do the bulk of my mileage so we've got to get these miles in in the summer for us that have fall races so as we go through all that Let's talk about how to be comfortably miserable. 
which by the way, that'd be a great name for a band, Comfortably Miserable. But let's talk about the risks, the benefits, and some tips for running in the heat. First, the bad news. What are the risks associated with running in the heat? Well, one, kind of maybe the easy one, are just muscle cramps from dehydration and overheating. And if you've ever had this happen, you know, kind of maybe feels like a Charlie horse in your calf, but you're running in the heat, you have not properly hydrated, um, you haven't got good nutrition in, maybe you didn't warm up, you haven't stretched, and you go out and you just start running, you're running a little bit too hard, too fast, you haven't brought in enough fluids, and now all of a sudden you start getting muscle cramps and it's getting hard to move and you gotta stop your workout, right? So muscle cramps would be one. Two, this is the one that I deal with the most, would be headaches, nausea, tiredness, and dizziness. Unfortunately, I suffer from migraine headaches. I don't get them a lot, but there's a few things that tip them off. Um, a lot of stress and heat is the second thing that I really have problems with where I get migraines. So I think when we had our first really hot day a few weeks ago of the summer, I was out on a long run and I thought I went out early enough to where it wouldn't be a problem. But about three miles in, um, I started getting a little bit nauseous. I started having some blurred vision and I could feel the headache coming on. And I had to make a choice at that time. Hey, am I gonna ha stop and just, hey, I did three miles. I was supposed to do eight but I did three miles today, I'm gonna to have to live with it? Or do I keep pushing and knowing that I'm gonna be out for the rest of the day, right? I'm not gonna be able to help um, play with my son. I'm not gonna be able to help my wife with things. It's just gonna be a miserable day. So sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. Um, I decided, all right, I'm gonna go in the gym and just get on the recumbent bike and cool down. And even doing that and pumping some Gatorade, I was having some problems. So I said, hey, I'm just gonna go home. And you, as the back of the pack runner, you know, we want to push so hard because we want to get in better shape and, and we want to have a PR at our fall race or we just want to accomplish this goal that we have. But sometimes it's best, hey, I got to walk away. I'm just going to lay down on this one and I'm going to come back because it doesn't do you any good to push yourself and then end up worse than, than what you started right? Live to fight another day. There will be other days. And we're going to talk about, though, we will talk about the mental toughness aspect of training in the heat. But, you know, you've got to be smart when it comes to mental toughness as well. And finally, heat exhaustion and heat stroke. So if we take it to its extreme and we just keep pushing and we're pushing too hard, too far, especially in the heat, you could suffer from heat exhaustion and heat stroke. And I'll tell you, your body is going to give you some warning signals before that happens. So listen to your body. Don't be so doggone stubborn where you've got to get this workout in, where you don't listen to your body and you don't slow down. So maybe there's some things that you need to do to help yourself, and we're going to get into the tips. Um, and that could be including, you're not going to want to hear this, but that could be including training indoors, getting on the treadmill, um, maybe doing some running in the pool, maybe getting on an uh, elliptical or, or a recumbent bike or upright bike indoors. Again, I know a lot of us are training for marathons coming up in the fall, but you can still keep some of those aerobic benefits by doing something else other than running indoors. And for the most part, you know, these extreme heat days, they only last for a little while and you're going to be able to get right back outdoors and you're not going to lose a lot of your fitness. So listen to your, your body. So those are the risks. What are some of the benefits though of training in the heat? Now, Again, 
I am not a doctor. This is not doctor's advice. And I'm not telling you to take what I'm to just listen to the benefits and just go out and train in the heat because you're going to become uh, a professional endurance athlete. But there are some benefits of training in the heat. Again, the condition um, that I'm going to put on this is, or the disclaimer is take this with a grain of salt and don't listen to these benefits and think, I've got to go train hard out in the heat because it's just going to make me a better athlete. All right. These are the things that can happen as a result from training in the heat. But again, I'm not a doctor and I'm not giving you advice on what you need to go and do. However, you can get some increased blood plasma and it's kind of similar to like training in high altitudes and how this increases more red blood cells. Um, you know, if you've heard of like blood doping, which is a big thing in cycling where people will take the red blood cells, uh, freeze them and then inject themselves with it before a race. So that's the extreme kind of an example of what we're talking about. Um, but it can help increase some of that blood plasma. And, you know, if you, you've we've got the Olympic Training Center out in Colorado Springs because training at higher altitude helps get you more uh, blood plasma in the blood helps you fatigue at a lesser rate training in heat can do that also it can increase your vo2 max so the more oxygen we can bring in to the body and we the more that we can quickly adapt to that heat stress or i'm sorry the body can actually adapt to heat stress a little bit faster than it can hypoxia so if we're talking about hypoxia it's just not getting enough oxygen in the body so if you've ever been at altitude um, let's say you've been out to colorado and you've just tried going for a walk and you just wow man after a mile i am really kind of fatigued you know some of that hypoxia it's not necessarily settling in but you're kind of getting a taste of what it is where your body can't get enough oxygen well that's why athletes train in that altitude so they can kind of get accustomed to that and raise their VO2 max. So then when they start racing in just kind of normal conditions, they're able to bring in more oxygen and they get fatigued at a lesser rate. Well, training in the heat, you can actually get better benefits or, or you can actually get some of those benefits a little bit quicker than you can training in altitude. However, it's just harder to train in the heat because you can't train as long. Um, third, it can reduce your overall core temperature. So as you start to get acclimated to the heat, your body, it starts to begin sweating earlier than it does in normal conditions. And, and you know that even if you're going at a slow rate of speed, you do feel yourself start to sweat a little faster than you would just any kind of normal workout in a little bit um, cooler conditions. So when this happens, this actually helps to improve your body's cooling process. So if you think long term, it's going to make you better at being able to handle different ranges of temperatures. So um, we're going to talk about this here just a little bit more um, in just a second. But training in the heat is actually going to help you to be able to train a little bit better in cooler temperatures as well. And I found this definitely to be true when I was living, as I talked about uh, earlier, in southwest Georgia. So, you're, you know, every day is going to be in the 90s with some humidity in the summer. And you're outside running. Um, you get about two miles in and it felt like I was breathing through a piece of bread, which is just kind of a, a weird way to kind of put it. Um, but I did find the more that I did that, when I would come back home, 
and train uh, back home in Indiana, or I would race back home in Indiana, uh, I would run the mini marathon, the Indy mini marathon, which is a half marathon in May. Uh, I would be training down in Georgia and it gets, starts getting hot down there in March. So I'm start, I'm used to training in the heat and the humidity. So by the time May comes around and I came back home to Indiana, and if it would be a hot day, I remember there was one year, I can't remember, maybe about 2000. 11 or 12, uh, where it was a real hot race. It was uh, in the 70s and it was humid, which might not sound hot, but you know, when you're out and you're just running on asphalt, you know, it feels about 90 degrees. People were dropping left and right. People in the Midwest just weren't used to that weather. I was used to it and I actually ran a pretty good time and a pretty competitive time um, compared with some other people that I was running with who are a lot faster just because I was acclimated to it. Um, fourth, Running in the heat, it can decrease your blood lactate. So your blood lactate accumulation in your submaximal exercise, so not going full out, but just kind of, we'll call it maybe your easy days. It'll actually decrease once you're used to training in the heat. And then finally, training in the heat, it will make you a little more mentally tough. If you can get through those hot days, you know once you start racing at kind of like the normal temperatures or you know a lot of races start early so they're going to be a little bit cooler temperatures you're going to be able to push through some of those things you know let's say you'll be able to push your limits a little bit more you know things that before may have seemed just a little bit tougher like you know that first mile or second mile it's just kind of tough to get through maybe you went out a little too hard too fast or maybe the conditions are just a little bit warmer than they were in past years of a race that you ran you know hey i got through those really tough training days in the heat and humidity of summer i can get through this so do not discount the mental toughness that you'll pick up by training in the heat. And it's the same thing as reading this about your slow, your long, slow runs or your long, slow rides or, or swims or whatever it may be, your rows. Um, you know, don't stop. Try not to walk. And this is for you, back of the Packers. My more experienced runners, you guys are okay with this, but my back of the Packers, you know, you're going to go for a long run. And maybe for you, that's just three miles, right? And you have to stop every mile to walk. I want to encourage you don't walk slow down if you need to right and if you need to walk if that's part of your training it's part of your training it's okay i'm not you know I, i'm certainly not saying anything um, bad about you or i'm not trying to make you feel bad about yourself but being able to train through a little bit of discomfort not pain but a little bit of bit discomfort it'll make you a little bit more mentally tough so when you get to those points in the race where it gets tough you're able to push through. So that's a big thing within your training. Make your training deliberate. Your race conditions are not going to be perfect. So every now and then, train in the heat, train in the rain, push yourself a little bit further. Listen to your body, right? Do not push yourself past the point to where you're going to get hurt or injured or it's going to knock you out for a couple of days. But what I'm trying to tell you is, Push yourself a little bit. Work on that mental toughness aspect in your training, you know, as you would your physical toughness, and it's going to make you a better athlete. So we've talked about the risk. We've talked about the benefits. Now, let me give you a few tips before you go out there on your training run or, or your training ride in the heat. One, and I think everybody knows this and understands this, but hydrate, hydrate, 
hydrate. You need to be drinking before you go out on your training run or training ride or whatever it is that you're going to be doing. Make sure you're fully hydrated before you go out. And then once you're out on the road, you know, drinking five to eight ounces of Gatorade, Powerade, whatever sport drink you like, about every 20 minutes while you're training is going to be really important. And so you need both water and you need electrolytes, right? Because if you've ever been training, you know, it's really hot and you've been training and all of a sudden it just feels like this like white kind of, you know, chalky, almost like baby powder substance are coming out of you you're losing salt you're losing those electric lights and that's where that sport drink will help um, put those back and it's going to be able to help you train a little bit longer so make sure you hydrate again five to eight ounces about every 20 minutes invest in a running belt where you can have some water and some gatorade with you and you need to be drinking both right every 20 minutes or a camel pack or anything else where you can have some hydration with you. If you want to hide some bottles along your route and you're able to do that, you can do that as well. But you have to, have to, have to, have to hydrate. I think that's the most important advice I can give you. Two, try to train early or train late. Beat the sun as much as possible. Um, you're going to hit, a lot of us, I think, are probably early, early risers and, and early trainees. Um, get up early, beat the sun. Or if you can't get your run in or, or your ride in early, go a little bit later. But again, make sure you're being safe. Um, go on trails that have um, that have lights. If you're going to be on the road, if you're going to be on your bike, make sure your seat you're wearing high reflective clothing. You know, if you're going to go out when it's dark, make sure you're being safe. Third, slow down. Right, the summer and the heat and the humidity. This is not a time for PRs in your training. I was reading every five degree rise in temperature above 60 degrees Fahrenheit, it can slow your pace by as much as 20 to 30 seconds per mile. So if you run at a 10 minute pace and it's 70 degrees, maybe you might start running at 11 minute pace okay it's okay you're still gonna get some fitness gains all right so stick to your training plan don't skip workouts but slow down don't fight it right next you gotta dress the part right wear loose light colored clothing and be sure to layer on the sunscreen so I'm about as white as white gets you know and so is my wife my poor son I, I feel bad for him growing up um, so we invest heavily in sunscreen in this house I feel like we're going through a new bottle every week but you've got to protect yourself you know the sun's rays can be really uh, damaging to your skin and um, cause melanoma a little bit later in life we want to try to prevent that it also help keep you a, a little bit cool so you won't feel like your your skin is, is getting hot and burning and if you have fair skin you know what that feels like and unfortunately i'm bald my head looks like a bell pepper so i've got to be you know i got to wear a hat and if i'm not wearing a hat i'm reapplying sunscreen every 20 minutes or so um, for my bald guys that are listening or any bald ladies that are listening there is nothing worse than a sunburn on your head so make sure you're wearing sunscreen if you want to wear a little bit um, fewer clothes you know nobody wants to see me with my shirt out on the trail at all and I would never do that to anybody that'd just be cruel um, but I try to wear tank tops looser fitting clothing in the summer again this is common sense but common sense isn't always that common 
Next, try if you can, try to seek some grass or some shade because it's always hotter in the cities and on the asphalt as it is in a little bit more rural areas in training on grass. Now, that's not always possible, especially if you're going to be um, on the road and you're cycling. Um, but if you're running, you know, try to find a grassy shaded area. Or if you're going to be on a trail, uh, try to find a trail that's, that's pretty shaded. That'll help you go a little bit longer and keep you a little bit cooler. And avoid out and back routes. If you can, try to keep your routes in a circle. So, um, you know, if you're going to go for a 10-mile run and you want to go five miles out, five miles back, and you get five miles into your run, and this happened, um, I was on a group ride one time, and I think we were doing a, a 35, 40-mile ride, and we get about half, and it was out and back, and we get about halfway into it, and a guy that we're with just bonked. Um, he didn't really have great equipment, and he wasn't totally uh, trained for this type of ride, but he wanted to go out because a friend invited him, and he wanted to try, and then we get halfway in, and he just bonked. He bonked hard, uh, so we had to call, uh, I think we had to call his wife to come pick him up, and it took a little while for her to get there, right? So, It'd be better if you could kind of go on a circular route, try to stay a little bit closer to, to home or your home base as you can. Um, and then finally, be patient, right? It takes a while to get acclimated to training in the heat. And again, I know this for sure, living in Southwest Georgia, it took me a long time to kind of get acclimated to it to the point where, you know, it, I would certainly decrease my mileage in the summer, but I could go out and do it without feeling totally miserable. So give yourself about a week or two to acclimate to the hot weather, you know, gradually increasing the length and intensity of your training. And in time, you will learn, your body will learn, it'll learn to decrease its heart rate a little bit, start to decrease its core body temperature and help to increase your sweat rate, which will help to cool you down. So risk benefits, tips of running in the heat. Go out, continue your training, but be safe. It is now time for the question of the week. So this is the interactive part of the show where we will post a question on our Instagram page at runslowcarbhard and read your responses on the air. We will try to get through as many as possible. So be creative, be funny, and you just may make it onto the show. And today's question, we post this every Monday on Instagram, what is your favorite cheat meal? And I'll tell you where this came from. Um, this weekend, it was my son's third birthday party, and I did not do cheat meal. I did cheat day, and it was glorious. So I've been training for the London Marathon for a few months now, but really kind of kicked it in the gear these past four weeks as I start to ramp up a 20-week training program. And had a long run on Saturday, and then Sunday was his birthday party. So I had puppy chow. I had cake. I had cheeseburgers. It was great. And that cheat day just felt so good after that long run on Saturday. But Crown of Laurels, at Crown of Laurels, she commented, pizza, isn't that everybody's favorite cheat meal? Pizza's just fantastic. So thank you so much 
Crown of Laurels for your comment. We agree. And if you're checking us out on Instagram today, you'll see in, in honor of that comment and in honor of getting hot in here and uh, my tribute to Nelly, I'm wearing my pizza chain medallion. But if you want to be part of the show, then go to at RunSlowCarbHard and answer our question of the week every Monday. Uh, we also have a new feature to tell you about where you can leave a voicemail and you'll be actually be able to hear your message on the air. So if you go to our website, anchor.fm slash Brandon dash Podgorski, that's B-R-A-N-D-O-N dash P-O-D-G-O-R-S-K-I and leave a voicemail message or even easier than that. If you go to our Instagram page and click in the link in our bio, it'll take you to our show webpage and you can leave your voice message. All right, just like a six-hour marathon, the long and slow march known as the Run Slow Carb Hard Show is over. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like what you heard, or even if you didn't like what you hear, but you want to help kids and you want to help the Outward Bound Trust, please be sure to listen on Spotify and tell others about us. Give us a five-star rating. Spotify, it's a great platform for podcasts, and it helps us raise more money for the Outward Bound Trust the more that we have people listening on Spotify. So again, if my my voice is like nails on a chalkboard to you, I completely understand. But think of the children. Listen to us on Spotify. Share the show. Let's get others to listen. And hey, you know, bump us up to uh, Rogan status. To learn more about the Run Slow Carb Hard podcast, Give us a follow on Instagram at RunSlowCarbHard. The podcast is part of my fundraising effort for the Outward Bound Trust as one of their charity runners for the 2022 London Marathon. To donate, please visit the link in the show's description. And remember, with God and a good pair of running shoes, all things are possible.